0: Thank you, Pastor Sal. What's up, Excel fam? Y'all, listen, it's so good to be with you guys. I am so excited. My name is Joyanne, and I am the youth pastor down at Maranatha Chapel, which is in this town called Evergreen Park. It's not necessarily Chicago, but I sometimes claim Chicago because it's surrounded on three sides by Chicago. So just give me this one, all right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, man, I just want to thank you guys for having me here. I, like I said, I'm so excited. Listen, I love P. Joey, I love Cease, I love all of your leaders, I love you guys, I don't even know all of you guys, but feel free, come to me afterwards, say hello, I love all of you guys, I love Excel, y'all are my family, I just love you guys, and I appreciate you guys, I'm so excited to be here today, Um, so Pastor Joey asked me to speak Uh, While they are all away at camp, having an uh, amazing time right now, I think they're all in service at this moment as well. Um, And so last week, I got to go to camp as well. So last week, you know, I was on the pink team and we won. Okay. Um, And so I don't know if any of you guys have been to camp, but listen, I love camp with all my heart. I love playing games and and all the friends that I make there I it's because of camp that I made friends with all of your leaders listen if I if I did not go to the camp I think it was like three years ago two years ago or something I would not have met half of your leaders and I would not have started coming and and being friends with all of you guys so it's exciting um but yeah and so one of the My favorite things about camp, like the the top thing above all of those things that I just mentioned, is worshiping. Worshiping with a thousand plus people. The the beautiful thing about worshiping with all of those people is there's so many different people. There's people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and I like to think that that, it's going to give you a glimpse of what heaven is going to look like. Amen? Yeah, that's so exciting to to think about it like that. And as I was worshiping, I was thinking, man, like, I wish I could have this feeling all the time. Like, in the spirit, surrounded with a bunch of people, worshiping, and and just being filled with the spirit. And I think for for the most part, most of us can relate to that feeling of wanting to be constantly surrounded by that amazing feeling. But what I realized is that the act of worship should transcend the four walls of this auditorium. It should go beyond our weekly services here at Excel or on Sunday morning. It should transcend, go beyond momentum, beyond spring breakaway. The act of worship should be our entire lives. We should always be worshiping God with our actions, with our words, in our jobs, in our schoolwork, at home, everywhere we go. So the definition of worship is the expression of reverence or deep respect or adoration for a deity, specifically for us as Christians. When we're worshiping, we're expressing our respect and adoration for God. To take it one step further, when we're worshiping God, worship is our response to who he is and all that he's done. Worship is showing submission And devotion to him. And worship can be done not just verbally with all the songs that we just sang. Or or the captions on our Instagram posts or our Facebook statuses. But with our entire lives. So today if you guys have your Bibles with you. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles 16. So if you guys want to take a look up at the screen over there. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. And you can just keep that up there for a little bit. This verse, so this, this particular verse, it's in this entire passage of, of where David is singing this song that he wrote out in front of all of the Israelites. And it's a song of thanksgiving to the Lord. And from this passage, specifically this verse, I feel like it breaks down worship into two different things. So the first thing is when he says, give the Lord the glory he deserves. So you guys have a lot of talent in this youth group. Specifically, I know a lot of your leaders are a lot of really talented photographers. Yes, yes and what's the one thing that irritates them on Instagram? No. (laughs) No, no, no. I think Jacob in particular always gets irritated. No photo creds when he doesn't get photo creds. Listen, I get it, I get it. Listen, I'm a photographer too. So I get it, like you took all of this work, all this time and energy to capture the perfect photo, all the years that you have, have been practicing for had led up to that one perfect picture, and then all of a sudden no one gives you credit for it. Like, I get it. I'm like a big proponent of giving photographers, artists credit for what they do because they, they took all the time and work into creating that photo. Like, I, I get it. It's just, just give them the credit. Just remember, remember the person who took the photo. And, and this is what praise and worship is. It, it starts with giving God the credit, the photo creds. You know, why? Because he deserves it all. God deserves more than photo creds, though. He, he deserves all of your attention and your devotion. And here's the thing. God doesn't actually need our praise. He doesn't need our, all of our glory to keep going. You know, at the end of the day, whether we're, we're following her, or him or not, he's going to still be who he is. He doesn't really care about fame and glory, but because of who he is and what he's done for each of us, he deserves the credit and the glory and the praise and all we have and more. Think back to a time where God did something great for you and you did not deserve it. Seriously, let's take like five seconds, close your eyes, think of a time. All right. Maybe you can't think of something. Maybe you were just like, nah, I can't think of anything. How about this? How about the fact that he died for every single one of you, right, on the cross. So you wouldn't have to die a sinner's death. So you wouldn't have to go uh, to hell eternally. So you, he wanted you to live with him eternally in heaven as a forgiven child of God. Because of that fact alone, that one thing alone, he deserves your worship, This is what all the worship songs revolve around. When you're singing along to Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation, JRLC, you know, all these songs that we're singing, they're not empty words. Like, we're not just singing along to them. We're not, it's not, this is not a concert when we're up here worshiping. Let's actually focus on what we're actually saying when we're worshiping. Is the song... Are we, are we? Are we? Do we mean what we say when we're singing these songs, or is the song just another a bop or a banger? Is the song just as catchy as the rest of the songs you hear on the radio? Or are we singing what our heart is actually saying out to God? The second thing that we see is that worship, in the verse, it's talking about worship is is sacrifice and offering to him bring him your offering and come into his presence so in the old testament sacrifice was how they made up for their sins they would sacrifice their best and most spotless animal one that they took time to raise up. They didn't just, you know, grab the, the smallest one of the litter. They didn't care about the animal. No, this was something, an animal that they took time to raise up. They took time to make sure it was fed well. They took time to make sure it was groomed well so it was spotless and ready for the Lord. They didn't just give God something they didn't care about. It was something they cared about something significant to them, something that took up their time and energy. And when they would sacrifice their animals, they would sprinkle the blood around the temple. And when they did that, that was representing making the space clean and allowing for God's presence to enter in because he can't be around sin. Thank God, though, because Because of the new covenant on the cross through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, we don't have to go through all of that. And so, in worship, the offering that we have to give Him is ourselves. We're giving Him our lives, we're giving Him our will, we're giving Him our past, present, and future. We give it all up to Him. In the Israelites' offering, by sprinkling the blood of sacrifice in their spaces, they were preparing themselves for the presence of God. And so when we're worshiping, before you even get into the act of worshiping, we need to take time and prepare ourselves so that way we give ourselves the space and, and this, to experience the presence of God. This is why pre-service prayer is actually important. You know, we don't just do pre-service prayer just for fun. Like, this is important. It's setting you up so you can experience the presence of the lord we have to mentally make sure we're in the right mindset to experience god we have to take time to clear the clutter in our minds so we're actually able to focus in on him how many times you come into this room ready for for worship but all of a sudden you're like oh I forgot I, I had to do my homework and then I, I forgot I I forgot to text my friend back and I forgot like all these different things. And this is why we need to come to pre service prayer because then we're just laying all those things down at the at the altar to the Lord so that way you when you're worshiping you can focus in on him. I know that we all have burdens to carry. We all, every single person in this room, we all have different burdens to carry. And we walk into this place with those burdens. And sometimes we carry those burdens to the altar. And then we're worshiping with those burdens. And then we're carrying them back out. Think of it like this. How many times, how many of you guys have like... That one friend who has that really messy car, and every time you have to get in, they have to, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I got to, like, throw all stuff in the stuff in the back. Every single time, too. So you would think that they would learn, but every single time you come in their car, their car is just, for some reason, so messy. And then every time you have to get in the car, you got to sit on top of, like, some orange peels, an old takeout bag, their dirty gym clothes. Like, clean up your car, man. Listen. But if they had prepared for you ahead of time, you wouldn't have to worry about all of that. Make room for the presence of God to reside in you. Make room for God to sit on the throne of your hearts. When we look at the Hebrew meaning for worship, we see that to worship is to bow down before God. We see in certain cultures particularly Asian cultures we see a lot of bowing as a sign of respect. So what's the what's the Filipino tradition do you know? Yep. So what is it called? So uh, from what I know I understand it so it's called mano like so so mano Spanish word for hand so when you ask for a mano so say I'm the younger person and my elder my my grandma has walked in the room I have to ask her for a mano so I ask for her hand and I lean over and I press her hand to my forehead as a sign of respect. In uh, martial arts, you bow before your dojo, you bow before your competitor. Uh, in, In some Asian cultures, bowing is either a sign of either gratitude or apology. And if you're apologizing, your bows would be even deeper and longer. In the Middle Ages, you know, the men would bow, the women would curtsy before their king and queen, showing submission and respect to them. All of these gestures are an understanding of who they were bowing, bowing to or lowering themselves to. So the idea that worship is this posture of bowing before the Lord is to know that he is above you, to proclaim his authority over you and then respecting that and submitting to that. And in our lives, we have to understand that when we are worshiping him, we are showing our respect and our devotion to him. Does this idea of bowing mean that everywhere we go, we're just like, the presence of the Lord is everywhere, so I just got to bow? No, right? But this idea of bowing is, is this posture that our heart can take. In our hearts and our lives, are we bowing down to God, or are we bowing down to the idol that that is ourselves? Are we bowing down to other people? Are we bowing down to celebrities, musicians? Are we bowing down to the sports that we're in? Are we bowing down to our education? Are we bowing down to our jobs? And although I will say, those things are ve- some of those things are very very important. I'm not going to say, don't go to school. Listen, go to school, please. Please. You know, go to work. Make sure you work on time. But the thing is, is those things should never take precedence over God. And when we worship God in those things, when we worship God in our jobs, when we worship God in our homes, when we worship God in our music, when we worship God, wherever we go, we'll find that those areas become fruitful in ways beyond our imagination. Listen, I grew up poor, right, in retrospect. I was fortunate enough to live, so I lived in Evergreen for most of my life. It's a nice area, but in comparison to all the the kids I went to school with, I was kind of the, the more poor ones, you know. I was one of the very few, if not only, person who lived in an apartment. You know, I didn't have cable. All the other kids had cable, I was the only one with, like, all Aldi brand food. Listen, I love Aldi now, but back then I was so embarrassed. Listen, I I was, like, all these kids had, like, Lays and Capri Sun, and meanwhile I had my generic brand, Aldi brand. Listen, I love it now, but back then I was very ashamed of it, you know. And and as I got older, I had a part-time job at the movie theaters, making minimum wage for the longest time. And as a college student, making minimum wage was a struggle, it was the struggle. I was worried what I was gonna do, especially after I graduated. I was like, Lord, I can't work at the movie theaters my entire life. I can't be making minimum wage my entire life. Like, how am I gonna live? Like, and, and it wasn't until about halfway through my time at the movie theaters, I began to shift my focus. So the entire time, not the entire time, but like when I I first started out there, I was so worried about how I was going to live. I was worried about me, 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 me. And when I started to shift my focus towards the Lord, I started to recognize that there was a deep and hurting need in my workplace. I started to look at, at My coworkers, as as a point of need, I realized God revealed to me, God was like, you know what, Joanne, you are so blessed to know who I am, and these people are broken. All these people that, that you work with that are partying all the time on the weekends, they are so broken because they don't know who I am. And Joanne, here you are, here you are knowing who I am, and these people need that. And so when I started to worship God in that and when I started to really have a heart for them and and showing showing them God's love for them and just loving on them because that's all they really needed. God began to bless me behind the scenes. I didn't really realize it, but God was really providing for me behind the scenes. I I, I graduated college with no debt, you guys. All the adults in the room know how much of a praiser point that is. Listen, I graduated with no debt. I like there are so many people out there who do not get that privilege, and, and for my parents, that was such a relief they were like we don't want to perpetuate the cycle of debt and so god was like you know what you were faithful to me so i'm going to have to make sure i'm going to make sure that you don't have to worry about that after i graduated i got 3 Three of the most perfect jobs, um, like, in my life. I get to be a youth pastor. I get to teach photography. I get to work at a coffee shop. Guys, I love working at a coffee shop. I love coffee so much. And God has blessed me with all three of those things. And this is this is just such a wonderful season of my life. Why? Because God was so faithful to me once I shifted my focus on him. I share my story with you to show you one of the many examples of how God works. The way he provided and took care of uh, for me may look different for each and every one of you. But I share my life with you to show you that God is always good and faithful to those who worship him. He just does it in his own timing, in ways that are outside of our understanding. I didn't know all of that was going on. I didn't know that I was going to happen. All of these jobs that I have right now, listen, I didn't like a year ago, two years ago, I thought I was going to go to grad school. I thought I was like all of these different things, but God had something better, way better for me. For the Israelites, worship was the most important thing to them. First Chronicles 9:33. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. We see that the Israelites made worship their top priority, so much so that their worship leaders, like Pastor Jay, would have been on duty 24-7. <laughs> they had all their worship leaders. They switched. They switched. They rotated. But listen, they were on duty. So that means there was worship music playing all day, all night, all day long, 24/7. They lived at the temple and in Jerusalem worshiping at all times. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but all of this like equipment up here is very well taken care of. Why? Not only because it's very expensive. trust me, it's expensive but because they serve you guys well when it comes to worship they're they're instruments in leading you into the presence of God the israelites were so particular about their their worship instruments that they literally it's in it's in this chapter you can look it up it talks about how that they assigned people to different instruments and they made sure so like if someone wanted to borrow an instrument they made them check them in and out so like say sell if he wanted to borrow the piano he had to make sure he checked it out and he had to make sure he checked it back in so they wouldn't lose anything because everything that they had all the equipment that they have was so vital to their worship and I'm not saying instruments are vital to our worship but this idea that they cared so much about their worship shows the priority that worship should be in our own lives To the Israelites, worship wasn't just a four-song set list that they threw together. It wasn't a weekend away at spring spring breakaway. Their lives were built around worship. So how do we build our lives around worshiping God? The Bible says that in all things, give thanks to God. So first and foremost, we need to give thanks to God for all the things that he's given us and done for us. So in school, thank God that you have the opportunity to receive an education. Listen, I'm going to be that person. There are kids, there are little girls in Africa who cannot go to school because of their periods. And boys, if you think that's gross, get over it. Listen, I'm serious. because They don't have access to, to feminine hygiene products. And so because of that, they're not able to go to school and receive the education that you have. We're so inclined to be like, oh, school sucks. I hate my teachers. They give me so much homework. Some of my classmates are so annoying. I just can't. I can't take school anymore. Listen, before you start complaining about it, start thinking about what a gift it is that you guys are able to go to school and receive an education. You know, there's, there's, there's girls out there in other countries who aren't able to receive an education just because a man said that women were not worthy of an education. You guys, it's such a privilege that we have our education. Thank God that you guys get to eat three meals a day and all the flaming hots and takis you can eat. Listen, thank God that you have a nice phone. Thank God you have a roof over your head. Thank God for air conditioning. Listen, all week I'm like, Lord, thank you for air conditioning. Please don't turn it off on me. Lord, this heat wave. Thank God for a good family. And maybe some of you guys come from pretty crappy families. Look at the people you're sitting amongst. This is family right here. Thank God you have a church family to run to. You know, there are kids in your school walking around in desperate need of what you guys have here before you. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. Man, they just, they just need a family like this. And we're over here complaining about our family. This is just a handful of reasons to give glory to him. God deserves all of it. In our relationships, worshiping God should be the lifeblood that keeps them going. God is love. God is patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. And love is not selfish. And just as you're respecting God as your heavenly father, you should be respecting and obeying your earthly parents. Honoring God in your friendships involves being patient and giving grace to them when they mess up. Because it's going to happen. Your friends are going to do stuff that makes you mad. My friends still do it. I, I do it to them a lot. Do your close relationships honor God? If you're in a relationship with a guy or a girl, can you honestly say that that relationship honors God? Worship should be the lifeblood that keeps your relationships good, that keeps your relationships pure, and loving. When the Israelites went back to worshiping God, their systems worked out well, they worked out effectively. Think about it. There's a there were a lot of people in Jerusalem. Like you think this is a lot of people, or maybe not. You guys are used to a bigger you guys are used to a bigger group. But think about it. So like how many of you guys, I'm not gonna like point out any like things that are going on, but like not everyone gets along realistically, right? And that's and that's you know, that's just the part of being human. And so think about it, not everyone probably got along in Jerusalem, but things worked out only when the Israelites were worshiping God together. Things worked out smoothly and effectively because they were worshiping God together. When they stopped worshiping God, then things just went haywire. Here's the thing, worship is not just for God, it's for ourselves, You see, when the Israelites stopped worshiping God with their whole lives, they started to worship themselves. And they turned away from God, and their lives went to shambles. They got ripped out of their homelands and put in a foreign place that was not their own. They got put into this place called Babylon, where they worshipped other idols. And these people were kind of in fight or flight mode. They're like, should we rebel? Should we just join them, just worship their gods too? And so finally when God took them out of Babylon and finally brought them home, they turned back to God. See, the thing was when they, when they turned away from God, they were worshiping themselves. And when they were worshiping themselves, God warned them, like, guys, if you don't turn to me, listen, bad things are going to happen. It's not like they, they did it and God didn't give them a heads up. Like he warned them multiple times, God, I love you, just listen to me, and they didn't want to. And so God brought them back. And when they turned back home and then when they got back home, they turned back to God, worshiping him and made him the center of their lives again because they knew that through this they would have security. They would have peace. They had these things because they knew that God was the only one who could provide those things for him. Listen, I'm an overthinker, right? I overthink little things that I said that were dumb like 5, 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago. I overthink that interaction I had with someone that I did something a little dumb and they kind of reacted a little funny to it. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, they think I'm so weird. Oh, my gosh, I, I, can't, I can't show my face ever again. This is so embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, literally, like, this thought process continues, and it's such a vicious cycle. And then it starts to, the, the whole process starts to be really crippling. It can t- take over my life. But I've learned that when I stop for a moment and I get out of my head, I remember that even if that person is actually thinking or, or like, all the things that I'm making up in my head, which they most likely are not, they most likely just thought about it for a second and moved on and you're over here like thinking it over and over and over and over again, you know, that we worship a God who has an overabundance of grace to cover all the tiny little stupid mistakes that we make along the way. Worship transforms us. Worship transforms our hearts. See, the heart is what controls our feelings, our thinking, our behavior, and therefore when we have a heart of worship for God and rather than ourselves, our attitude starts to transform. When we're worshiping God, we're slower to get angry. We're slower to give off attitude. We're less likely to be anxious. We're less likely to talk smack about someone behind their backs because the more we're respecting who God is, the more we respect his creation. When we're grateful of who God is and what he's done, we're more inclined to appreciate how he's created us to be. When we appreciate who he is and what he's done, we grow to realize that all the flaws that we hate about ourselves, God designed for us to enjoy. God designed for a purpose. When we're worshiping him, we grow in our understanding of him and his power. So when we're struggling with sin, we can begin to overcome When we're worshiping him in the midst of our struggles with sin, we focus on how strong he is rather than how strong our sin is. When you're worried about what your future holds, remember that we worship a God who has our best in mind and makes all things work together for our good. Think of worship as a weapon. When negative thoughts thoughts start to come your way, combat it with praise. God, you are still good. When, When anxiety starts to arise, start to pray out. God, you know me. You know what my future holds. Thank you for always taking care of me. When sin starts to pop up in your life, combat it with praise. God, you are faithful. God, you are stronger than this sin. Thank you for your grace that covers all of this. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, God, for taking me out of the darkness and into the light. So at this time, if I can have the worship team come up to the stage. When we build a life of worship, we're building a life of security and a life of peace. And if you're here today and you're seeking those things, turn to worship. If your life is chaotic and you feel like you've lost all control, worship the Lord. When you feel like you need answers and life is so confusing, worship the Lord. Maybe you're here, maybe you're like, you know, life is actually going pretty okay. Check your heart posture. Let's make sure. Is it bowed down before the Lord or are you bowing down to yourself? Are you only doing things that you want to do and not what the Lord has called you to do? So before we go back into worship, I want us to take a minute. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute. And let's examine ourselves. What in our lives do we need to get rid of to make room for God? just like the israelites would sprinkle their sacrifice's blood to purify and make space for god what in what things in our lives are getting in the way of our worship of him those of you who don't know exactly what this whole relationship with god thing is all about but want to know in a minute i'll have the leaders come up and and When we all come to the altar, feel free to approach one of the leaders and ask them, what does this relationship mean? We would love to have a conversation with you. As for the rest of us, as we enter into the presence of God, remember all of the things that he's done for you, and let's praise him for that. So at this time, if I can have the leaders come up, and then everyone else, feel free Let's come around the altar and let's worship him. Let's lift up our voices and let's sing out his praises.